This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Uh, let me just go ahead and get something out of the way here. I recognize uh, that. Uh, it is an interesting weekend, even in the course of our nation. And uh, like many of you, on Tuesday, I went and voted. Now, probably a lot of you voted early. Maybe you voted by mail. Uh, I went, I live, I live only about 15 minutes from here, but it's a little further out. I knew I wouldn't have a problem. So we went to, uh, to vote on Tuesday, as I did, and it took me about eight minutes. Uh, it took me a little longer because the lady that was working the iPad was older than either one of the presidential candidates. And so... Uh, she was having a hard time figuring out the iPad, but all right, I just, um, you know, I, I, I got the ballot and, um, you know, I, I looked at a preview ballot before and I didn't see what I was looking for. And then when I got in the actual voting ballot to vote, um, as I scrolled through, I couldn't find the category to vote for King. Like it wasn't there. Uh, and so no matter where you landed yesterday, um, recognize that King Jesus is still king, right? He's king. And I know that yesterday uh, afternoon, some of you entered into his gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise, uh, and you just rode that cloud into Sunday morning church today, you know? Uh, you, you, you are here. And for others of you, you're not here because you signed up to recount the ballots in Ohio, even though we're not recounting. You know what I mean? Some of you even aren't here because you're there. I recognize there are people on complete opposite ends of the spectrum today, and you, for some reason, you've decided to come to church. Or you decided to tune in because you felt like you needed to participate and be amongst the body. And I commend you because I say, this is the place that you need to be. We need to gather as the body, whether in person, whether at home, watching, tuning in online, you need to be part of the body uh, and because we have work to do. We have much work to do in the kingdom. Are you with me? Listen, there are people who are sick amongst us that need your prayers. We have five or six people right now that are battling terminal illness. We need to pray, church. There is much work to be done. There is still a world that is lost in darkness. Wait, I'm not talking about they're part of the other political party darkness. I'm talking about they don't know King Jesus. So we have much work to do, church. Much work to do. So I'm glad you came to practice today. You, didn't, you, you signed up for practice? You know this is practice, right? Because we're about to go, to go, go, go do something in the kingdom. So you came to church today to practice, to get ready. So are you ready? You wore your gym shoes? I wore my summer shoes because I thought it'd be the last time that I could wear my summer shoes this year. All right, are you with me? Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This is our, this is our 
theme scripture for this whole series. We're going to preach about two or three more weeks uh, on the kingdom. And I'm excited to be doing that. Is it next week or two weeks? She said, shh. All right, Pastor Lynn doesn't want me to tell you that she's preaching next week, so I won't say anything about it on the kingdom. It's in two weeks, okay? It's in two weeks. If I were to tell you that she was going to be preaching in two weeks, it would be there. So, so we're going to wrap it up, and, and it is going to be really, really, really good. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Let's say this together. Can we say it together? This is our theme scripture. You should have it memorized by now. It says this. Let's say it together now. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. One more time. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Father, we love you, and we love your kingdom. We're so thankful to be a part of your kingdom. And so, God, we, we come today with open hearts and with open minds. Father, we bind any plan of the enemy, any, any scattering of thoughts. And, Lord, we just bind them. We cast them out. We thank you, Lord. The enemy has no authority in this place amongst these airwaves. And we declare the word of God reigns, and it brings truth in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, prepare our hearts for us to receive your word. Let it fall on good soil, bear fruit and much fruit and fruit that remains so that we change the ever-loving world in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 3, a couple chapters earlier before this, the scripture says this, after being baptized, speaking of Jesus, he came up immediately from the water. Don't you wish you could have been there? And behold, the heavens were open. What happened? Say that with me. The heavens were open. The heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. I want to talk to you today on the title called Thin Places. I believe that there are places that's in physical locations, there are obedient actions or surprising moments where God is near. These are thin places. These are places where the heavens are opened. And as our mission as the church is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's our mission, right? We remember that, right? Am I just reminding? Our mission is to bring heaven to earth. Jesus said to his disciples, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal. We're supposed to bring heaven to earth. We participate in it. We're not sitting around waiting for the rapture so that Jesus comes back and rescues us from this fallen world, especially since this weekend. And what? No, 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 no. That's not our job. Are you with me? Listen, Christians still think like this. We still think that we participate in bringing heaven to earth. We have a responsibility, not just to pray, but to go and do the kingdom. Your mission hasn't changed. We're, 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 we're still heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, raise the dead. That's still what we do. And then give it all away. That's, what we, that's still our mission in the kingdom. We're bringing heaven to earth. That's what we do. And so, and so because that mission hasn't changed, uh, sometimes we lose sight of it. But there are places recorded in scripture that, that were literally open heavens. We call them thin places or, or, or even we could call them portals. It's, it's a portal to heaven. You know, the, the, word, the thin place phrase was first used by the, by the Celtic Christians in Ireland where they described these places in nature that they would go to. Often they were a high place on a hill or a little mountain that they would go to and they would meet with God. They felt like there was a place that was, uh, that, that it was closer to God, closer to heaven than other places. 
And so these are thin places. I believe it's biblical. I believe this is scriptural, that there are thin places. And so as much as it's easy to lose sight of what heaven looks like, I want to remind us today of what these thin places are and how we can see them. Are you with me? All right, here we go. Have you ever experienced a thin place? Yeah. You know, for me, several ones. This song that we sang, like this old song that my beautiful wife sang, I'm lost without you. I mean, the air I breathe. Like that takes me back to high school before I met her. And I was lost and didn't know my way and didn't, <laughs> didn't know what life really was, you know. But I encountered Jesus uh, with, with that song. Like that was a song that takes me back to like my high school when I encountered Jesus, the presence of God. It's a thin place. We sing that song again. I can't help but be moved. There are songs that we sing, right, in worship that just immediately connect us. They, they punch through whatever we're feeling at the moment or whatever we're thinking or whatever we're watching. And all of a sudden, you're connecting to something. It's a thin place. There are thin places. There's, there's, in the last several years, I've been pursuing health, like, like wholeness, fullness of life, right, which is physical, uh, mental, and emotional, as well as spiritual, right? So this emotional health, this, this mental health that I'm pursuing, and what I've discovered is that there are places that I can go, physical places that I can go, that I can meet with God. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my thin places, and I ain't going to tell you where they're at because that's my place. But there are thin places. I've experienced these, and, and we see this all throughout Scripture. And I'm just going to jump through several of these here, here quickly so I can get to something that I really need to encourage us with. We know the Garden of Eden was a thin place. It was, it was a created garden where God walked with Adam and Eve. Wow. That's it. A place where God would walk, physically walk with them. And can you imagine what that must have been like? Imagine what it must have been. There's Adam and Eve walking with God. And so the Garden of Eden was created as a place. We find in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob was traveling. And all of a sudden, he lighted on a place. He laid his head down on a rock. And he had a dream. And when he woke up from the dream, he declared this. What is this place? And he says this in verse 17, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. He found a thin place. He saw a ladder that reached to heaven, angels ascending and descending. He found a thin place where he could meet with God and he called it Bethel. There's a thin place. It's, a, it's an actual physical location. Later on in scripture, we, you know, we see there was Mount Sinai, right? That, that Moses went and he got the Ten Commandments, but it was a place where Moses found a thin place with God. God would meet him on Mount Sinai. Then there was the, the, the tabernacle that they would travel with. The tabernacle was the place where, with the Holy of Holies. Aaron would go in and he would talk to God. It was a thin place. We, we, later on, it was the, the temple that Solomon built. And the place housed the Ark of the Covenant, which is God's presence would rest. And, and God's glory would fill the room so much that they could only go in once a year. And the man that went in, because women weren't allowed, the man that went in, somebody say, thank you, God, for 2020, all right? The, the, the heavens are open, all right? Is that a rabbit trail? Well, that was a rabbit trail. Okay, but listen, it was only a man. It was only male. And he would go in once a year into the Holy of Holies, and they would have to put bells on the bottom of his garments and a rope around his ankle, because if he had any sin in his life, he hit the floor, the little bells shook, and they pulled him out by the rope. That's what they did. And that was the place, a thin place. It was a little too thin for some of them, evidently. You know, I wondered, how did they learn to put that rope on? Well, what happened the first time the one died and they didn't have a rope tied to his ankle? That's how they had to do that. How did they get him out, you know? 
they were cutting down trees, trying to push them out, you know, the other side of the... It's another rabbit trail, isn't it? Help me, Lord. Um, but the, there was a thin place. Today, churches are thin places. We come together and worship, and you walk it, and you say, God's presence is already here. One of my favorite things to do in the world is to come and pray at an empty church. Even without people, without music, without anything else, it's a place that I know I can meet with God. And so there are physical locations that we can go to, that we can experience his presence and know him. And we have this open heaven. We look and we see, we know that we're standing in the presence of God and this is what the earth is to be. So we're to take this out beyond to the world, this open heaven. So that's the first place. There are, there are literally physical locations that are thin places. The second one is this, they're obedient actions. Now, how are obedient actions thin places? How is that? It seems interesting to me. So let me pull out this really interesting one. It's, it's found in Malachi chapter 3. Uh, Malachi is encouraging the people. And, and he says this to the people in verse 10. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And now test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Wow, this is interesting. There, there's an obedient action that God talks about that actually opens the window of heaven when we tithe. I didn't make this up. It's in scripture. Like that seems strange to me that, that there can be open heavens in sanctuaries and temples and tabernacles, even these quiet, serene places in nature. That all seems holy. Now, wait a minute. The same open heaven we can experience when we tithe? That sounds a little strange. That sounds a little different. But here's the amazing thing is that it's an act of obedience. And you may fall in the camp where you're like, you know what? I think that's Old Covenant or I think that's Old Testament. You know what? Listen, I can respect that opinion because people have that opinion. But here's what I say. Jesus talked about giving and generosity more than anything. Generosity is not up for debate. Here's what I know. We can't outgive God. So if you're going to fall in the camp of like, well, I don't think it's tithing for his day. Well, listen, be generous. Be generous. And see what God doesn't do. But I personally believe and have committed to this from a very young age that, that tithing opens up the windows of heaven. I don't think God did away with it. He blesses us. So here's the question. If you're, if you're questioning it, God said, test me. So try it out. And if you try it out and, you, and here's your question, you said, I just still don't feel the blessing. Here's my question. But here's what I know. God's promise is always right. So there's something challenging on the receiving end of it. It's not God's fault. It's our fault. What does it say? It says, the wind is open and I'll pour out blessings until it overflows. Is he talking about heaven overflowing or you overflowing? He's not talking about heaven overflowing. Listen, he's talking about you. I will bless you until your life overflows. So the question is, how deep is your container to contain God's blessings? If if, if you can't contain the blessings of God, if you don't have a container to hold anything, you say, well, I don't feel God's blessings. It ain't God's fault. He's pouring out blessings. You just can't contain them. Now, this is not a message about tithing or, or giving, but I had to throw it in there because it, it has to shake us from what we know, right? It's a principle. We should do it. I would challenge you to give, challenge you to do it. You've been the most faithful people. During the pandemic, you have given our tithes and offerings are right on point. Now, our missions giving is way down as far as income coming in, but we've still given out just as much. We've not missed anything. And so, and so you've been faithful in that. So this is not a message of like, we need you to tithe. We need you to get back there. And, and we thank God for that. But I'm here to tell you, you can experience an open heaven 
the blessings of God when we tithe because it's an obedient action to him. It's something that we do. There's another one in scripture that we see and and it's baptism. Jesus was baptized. The heavens were open. Why was Jesus baptized? John didn't want to do it. He said, Jesus, why am I baptizing you? You need to baptize me. And Jesus said, I must. I have to. Why? He was telling us, you need to be baptized. When we're baptized, it opens up a portal where we see heaven. And we need to be able to walk in it. We need to be able to see that. We need to be able to understand what heaven looks like so we can spread it out amongst the earth. That's our responsibility. And so, so obedient actions are thin places of all things. We can find God when we're obedient to what he's asked to do, what, he, what he's asked us to do. You know, I'll never forget that, that our, our first house that we bought when we were living here in Ohio, about seven or eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, uh, they, they planted sod in the backyard and we didn't get to take care of it that, that well. You know, I'd never had sod before. And, um, and it was about the second or third year um, looked outside and there were holes all over the ground. There were always birds and the grass was dead and gone, like dead and gone. So we didn't know how to fix it. So we sold the house and we bought another house and we, <laughs> I mean, that wasn't why we sold the house, but we didn't fix it. Okay. I mean, we, we didn't do it. Uh, I talked to some people and they said, it's a grub and you have to start over. Like you have to, you have to start over. You have to scrap it and start over. And so, and, and the next house, I paid a lot close attention to it because I, I hired somebody to take care of the grass, like to fertilize it, you know? That's what I did because uh, I knew that I couldn't get that grub back and kill my grass, right? I hired somebody. And, and that's what that open heaven does a blessing with tithing. The next scripture goes on to say, it says, he rebukes the devourer for you. And, and I just want to encourage you. I didn't even talk about this in first service. So, so this is for somebody here today. So maybe somebody watching that when we tithe, the scripture says it rebukes the devourer. So, so it's a yard that you don't have to maintain because it's already been taken care of. The grubs can't come in because somebody already took care of that and they don't have access. And I want to encourage you, listen, if you're struggling, if, if, you, if you can't find, if you can't get your head above water, if you feel like you're constantly, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's the kingdom, it's upside down. The way you get out of your place is to give. You give your way out of it. I'm telling you, it works. It works. God fights battles for you that you don't know how to win. He doesn't let the enemy attack you in places. He doesn't even have access there. I'm telling you, I see it over and over and over again. So hire the lawn guy. Pay your tithes. You can laugh. All right. So it's obedient actions. It's what it is. The third one is this, it's surprising moments. There are surprising moments when, when God out of nowhere creates a thin place we weren't expecting. There was a man who was a terrorist who was killing Christians as many as he could. He was ripping them apart from their families and murdering them. And on the road to Damascus, Saul encountered the presence of God. He wasn't looking for a thin place, but a thin place found him. And God encountered him and knocked him off his horse. And he goes on to become the great theologian, the apostle Paul. He writes two-thirds of the New Testament because he encountered a thin place. And we see this not just with the life of Paul and this unexpectedness, but the amazing thing about God is that a few chapters before this, there's a man named Stephen 
and he's brought before a man named Saul that hadn't encountered a thin place in God yet, and he is stoned to death. The scripture says at the feet of Saul, Saul witnessed his execution. But the scripture paints a picture of this about Stephen, that right before he's about to be martyred, right before he's to be stoned, in Acts chapter 7, it says this, verse 55, being full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed intently to heaven. He looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God and he said, I see the heavens opened up. Persecution is a thin place. It's an unexpected moment. It's, it's a surprising moment. It's a place that we didn't see a thin place coming, but there's something that act, out of an act of obedience and following God to the very end, willing to lay down their life, this moment that he didn't expect, Stephen sees heaven opened and he sees Jesus sitting at the right hand of God and he sees and recognizes that no matter what happens next, I get to be with him. I don't like that persecution's an open heaven. I don't like that persecution's a thin place, but I'm here to tell you that there are thin places there where God will surprise you and he will break outside of what you think he's going to do. And we need to be, be willing and open to recognize and to find the thin places in our life. Yeah. Now more than ever, this, this weekend more than ever, really. Well, I guess we could say the last couple months more than ever, we need thin places. Let's just say all of 2020. We need, we need thin places now more than ever. We need them. We need to remember what heaven looks like so that we can bring heaven to earth. So we can spread the good news. So we can spread his glory. And, and as we go into this, as I close here, I want to talk to you about one more thin place. And it's, it's this thing called communion. If you didn't receive communion, just raise your hand. Our ushers will bring you some very quickly. Grab something at home. Uh, we want you to take communion with us. In just a couple of moments, we're going to do that together. Um, but but I, want to, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you before we do. You can go ahead and get it ready. But in, in 1 Corinthians 11, it's the, it's the scripture that we, we often read here. It's Apostle Paul. He has this revelation from Jesus about communion. But this is what he says in, in chapter 11. And church, I, I want you to hear me with this. I want you to give me all attention you can watching at home. Listen, there's something here that we must understand to move forward. In the kingdom, pursuing the kingdom, we must understand this. The Apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and in verse 11, he says, that, I'm sorry, in verse 17, chapter 11, he says this. He says, now in this next matter, I wish I could commend you, but I cannot. Because when you meet together as a church family, it is doing more harm than good. Somebody say, ouch. ouch. So he's rebuking the church, and he says, I've been told many times that when you meet as a congregation, divisions and cliques emerge. And to some extent, this doesn't surprise me. Imagine that, first century church, there were divisions and cliques. Wow. Must have been awful to be back then, right? <laughs> Verse 19, differences of opinion are unavoidable. Let's just say that together. Differences of opinion are unavoidable, yet they will reveal which ones among you truly have God's approval. Uh, I, I love the passion, but I would recommend you buying one Amen. for the commentary. You can read it online anywhere, but the commentary below is, is incredible. And I, and I want you to, uh, to hear this. Verse 19 that I just read, this is the commentary written by, by Brian Simmons. It says this, differences of opinion between believers expose our hearts. 
Mature ones will overlook offense and faults in order to maintain the precious unity of the body of Christ. Immature ones will cause splits, divisions, and cliques around their respective opinions. Ouch. The ones whom God approves are those whose hearts remain pure in spite of petty differences. There's a maturity that we need to arise to, church. There's a place that we need to, to step up to recognizing that things will always be different. We will always have different opinions. And that's okay. I grew up in a very rural part of southern Indiana. I grew up on a farm, and, and um, for 18 years I lived there. And then I went to Bible school down in the Bible belt. It was, it was the belt buckle of the Bible belt. It was, it was like, it was actually the leather on the, it was, it was like the girdle underneath the, the, the belt buckle, okay? I mean, like, Pensacola, Florida is as, is as Bible belt as you can get. And, and, and in 2005, we moved to Pittsburgh, became an inner city youth pastor. And I discovered this resounding truth that I'd never known before, that Democrats could be Christians. <laughs> no, I, re- I really did. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. No, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know. And I was ignorant. I was ignorant. I thought we had to all agree to get to heaven. Like, I thought we all had to believe the same thing. I, I thought that if you voted differently, that that was probably at some point, I probably thought it was sin. And um, we, we, we have to remind ourselves today that people with differing opinions are still in the kingdom. That when the apostle Paul says differences of opinion are unavoidable, but they reveal which ones among you truly have God's approval. The important thing for us, church, is always this. Our opinions are our opinions, but the kingdom is more important. Unity in the kingdom is more important. So the moment we place our preference or idea or our political party or whatever it may be above the unity in the body of Christ, it's wrong. It's wrong. And so the wonderful part about today is we get to come together and we get to take communion. It's almost like it's, it's communion, union, unity, unity, community, union, you know, communion is an intimate fellowship, communion with someone, communion with nature, the, the, the word. This is, this is what we're doing. But do you recognize communion is it's two ways? It's communion with each other as the body as we take the communion of the body of Jesus. As we receive his blood, it's communion with each other and with him. And it reminds us that unity amongst the church is what it's all about. And Paul was talking about rich people and poor people here because the Corinthians were meeting in a house church and they had probably 50, 60 people in the church and they couldn't all fit in the house and they definitely couldn't fit in the dining room that probably sat 10 or 12 people. And so the wealthy sat at the table, you know, reclined at the mat as they did. And if you weren't wealthy, you waited in another room or outside. And Paul said, guys, you got it all wrong. They were eating the meal to such an extent than drinking the wine that they were getting drunk. They were missing the point. Yeah. And church, I'm here to tell you that 
we miss the point sometimes. We miss the point when we don't recognize that, that God has called us to be one because we got stuff to do. We got work to do. We, we got a battle for those amongst us that are sick and that need a healing, miraculous touch from God. We, we have people in, in Columbus that don't have enough clothes and food that we got to feed and that we have to clothe. We got work to do. There are people, did you know this? There, there are people in this city that don't know Jesus. So we got work to do. But they're not going to listen to someone who's so wrapped up and divided amongst their opinions and things that, as Paul says, are petty differences. We should participate. You can be passionate. But unity and focus on mission is what we have to do. Thank you.